Welcome to my basement, everybody. Do I sound like one of the Cosby kids? Because that's what I'm I'm going for today. Welcome to my basement, everybody. Jello pudding pops. Yeah, you do a better Bill Cosby. Now, welcome to terrible impressions of famous people. What are you talking about, Scott? Christopher Walken is one of our guests. No, it's terrible. Okay, that's so, it. Um, listen, uh, that's that's my last impression. Today. Smells a little funky down here in the basement. I think you may have left your gym socks underneath why, the couch. Why again. do you always point out the smells down here? I try. I'm, to I'm clean trying up. to bring the basement to life for our listeners okay, here. Okay, I, I get it. I, I get think it. you're aging cheese down here. I do. <laughs> I do like a, a nice mean aged cheese while I play video games. I it's won't touch good. a cheese unless it's at least seven to ten years. Years old. You know what? In that seat next to you, yes, there's been cheese aging in that seat for um, a long time. Or is it cheese? <laughs> we, we may never know. Disgusting. We have lots to talk about yes. today down in the basement. Let's get started by doing a little look in the rearview mirror back at New York Comic Con. Now, it wasn't Are our favorite con. Are you jet lagged? Not really. You know what? I'm. Uh, I bounced back from these things so quickly. I got. I think routine. I got jet lagged today, and it's <laughs> really? been four days since we've come back. I think it hit me. How that, do you know? Uh, I don't know. I just feel... Tell me I, what the I, symptoms are. I, I feel lightheaded and dizzy. I guess that's every day. Yeah, no, I'm fine. That might be my cologne that's oh, okay. getting to you. Or the cheese. Or the, the aged cheeses. But we did go to New York Comic Con. We, we survived it barely. And that's the way to put it, too. We survived because it was yeah. a very challenging con. We go to a lot of these cons. We go to E3. We go to Fan Expo in Toronto. We go to Fan Expo in Vancouver. Yep. But this one, there was something about it. There were lots of things to love, for sure. Lots, yeah. of, lots of love for all of our favorite comic book characters and video games. But there were lots of problems as well. Let's talk about three things that you think you'd like to fix in future New York Comic Cons. Well, I mean, one of, the things, one of the things that was kind of a big deal for us because we're shooting a TV show, you know, they set up rooms for us to interview everybody in, but they were in this dark, dingy basement, which you're not going to see in the shots. What they always do is they put up this background with the New York Comic Con logo and stuff on it, and that was all fine. But I just thought of the celebrities uh, attending the con, some of them for the first time, and where they placed everybody to do these interviews was just so dismal, you know? And it was just such a a downer kind of environment to kind of get everybody pumped and, you know, ready to talk about the stuff that they're working on. Well, what they would do is they would bring the celebrities in quite literally through the loading docks at the Javits Center in New York. Now, if you've never been to New York City before, the Javits Center is way out beyond 10th Avenue. It's practically... In the Hudson River, that's right. how far west this thing is, and so in Jimmy Hoffa is buried there. I think. Right? I think he is in, in yeah. the Hudson River. That's yeah. the theory. But the uh, but what so what they would do in order to maintain the privacy of the celebrities is they would bring them in through this back door. Like this, this is the same door where they have tables and chairs delivered, where they have whatever foodstuffs delivered, and yeah. they have celebrities delivered here. So there is, I agree with you 100%, there's no light, there's no actual sunlight that ever reaches this part of the Javits Center. Yeah, it's and depressing that's a, down there. It, it was depressing, and that's a big contrast to San Diego Comic-Con, which obviously takes place in the summertime in a beautiful Southern California city, and it's just filled with light, and it's a, a different vibe. And that's to be expected, but I think... Maybe, you know, if the Javits Center is the only place that they're going to have the con, maybe an off-site, uh, like at a hotel-type situation where it's kind of more set up to be a, uh, 
I don't know, a more positive kind of vibe. Not that it was negative. It just could be more positive. No, listen, I think they need to change the venue. And I've got a couple alt alternate alternate well, that, venues here for that's, you. That's my biggest complaint in general about the con. The con was too packed and crowded in the Javits Center. The Javits Center is a professional venue. It's meant for things like Toy Fair, which isn't open to the public. Well, the car show is the big the one. Car shows where, you know, it's a lot less people. It's a lot more controlled, a lot more organized. The minute you bring the public in, and there must have been, I don't know, 100,000 people that attended throughout the the, uh, the three days of the sure con or four like days. It. It, was, uh, it was a subway, man. It was like a, a subway at rush hour. You couldn't move, and everybody was in pointy costumes or dressed like robots or... Uh, there were a lot of Banes, and still, women still are dressing up as uh, Slave Leia. And, uh, you know, I think it's time for a new outfit, well, Slave Leia's. <laughs> well, there is a new one that I saw a lot of, and uh, I couldn't not see it. It's the Khaleesi from uh, from uh, oh yeah from Game of Thrones. Well, the, they were everywhere. She, she's nude in the I, show. I, I actually there... saw some male Khaleesi's. We oh. saw a lot of men dressed up as <laughs> female. We saw a man who was a Wonder Woman. Who was he was just covered in hair. He was the most hirsute uh, human being I think I've ever hirsute. seen in my life. Word of the day. Word of the ding, day. Ding, Write ding, it down. Ding, Look ding, it up. You H get ten dollars if you can spell that. R S U T E. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's the correct way to spell that it. That is the correct so way to spell it. Listen, I'm hanging on to my I agree with you 100%. We need to, we, we, let's not retire the Slave Leia costume. Well, that was two let's things. Let's have more of those. Okay. Let's have more you know, Khaleesi's. You know what we need? The Slave Leia con. We'll cover that. Okay. Uh, all right. Electric we'll Playground is sponsoring the Slave Leia Con. <laughs> we'll just go and talk to all the Slave Leias. Yeah. That would actually be incredible. You know, right. I have a story. It's going to be quick and not boring, go I ahead. promise. Do it fast. you got uh, 30 San seconds. Di San Diego Comic Con, I think two years ago, mm -hmm. uh, running through the halls. Everything's great. Super late. We're, we're super cool. We're late to an interview. I turn a corner, around the corner. You know that scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark where he turns the corner and all the baskets are there? He doesn't know which one Marion's in? Yep. I turned the corner. There was a million uh, Indiana Joneses in front of me. I didn't. It was crazy. It was exactly the flip of the basket scene. All of these Indiana Jones. Then I turned to my left. All of these Marions dressed in exactly the same costume. Wow. So if we was have it a, a singles event? I don't. It could have been. It was just. It was like a weird dream that I was having. Come dressed as India, and you can meet your Marriott. It was awesome. And yeah. so, if we have the slave Leia con, I guess. Okay. For the ladies, we have to have the, um, uh, the the Indiana Jones con, where everybody is dressed as Indiana Jones. I love it. Little digression. Since you had one, I'm gonna yep. have to, I'm gonna take one here. I actually, as I was being squeezed around, and that's the only way you could move at this convention was yeah. being squeezed around. Yeah, from you place felt like to place. toothpaste, right? Yeah, you were just kind of, you were just kind of riding this wave of a crowd, <laughs> and my wave actually coincided with Ken Levine's wave. Now, Ken Levine, of course, did you see Ken? Yeah, we actually, oh, no we, way. our shoulders literally touched. And I think he was so just frightened from being squeezed through the toothpaste crowd yeah. that he turned and he saw me shouting his name and he just seemed horrified and, yeah. and fled. Well, uh, who I mean, you're, you're a tall man. I'm like an ogre. <laughs> you are the Shrek of video games. I'm just glad that they didn't chase me into the old windmill at this convention <laughs> like they do at these conventions normally. Oh, so, did anybody say, hey, cheer up when they saw you? No, is that what they say to Shrek? No, but, you know, I, this isn't your forte, this thing. This I think I held world. my own this year. You know, I, I learned from San Diego not to make too much fun. Well, um, you didn't say Batman. I did I didn't once. hear that once. Yeah, I, I did. Did you? Yeah. You oh, just I, you I were blocking around. it out. Yeah. Okay, okay. No, so, okay, let's go over this again. We need a new venue, and I'm going to propose one. New venue, and, I, I, and I, a somewhere brighter for the celebrities so that they're in a great mood. Because, I honestly, I, I'm not going to name the celebrity, but I honestly saw one in the bathroom who was looking in the mirror going, you can do this. You can do this. That was me. 
you're not a celebrity, A, and B, it wasn't you. I was <laughs> but, hoping to get that one by you, but nope, I got stopped at the border. No, it was somebody else. And, and You uh, actually saw Bruce Campbell, too. Didn't you say hello I to said, him? I said, hi, Bruce, like oh, I'm man. his buddy. Listen, we got to have Bruce Campbell on the show. Okay. Yeah, uh, I don't know done. how many people I'd have to pay to make that happen, no, but we, we, we have to do Bruce that. Bruce will do it. Let's, Bruce, let's get... if you're listening... Please make your way to our basement. We will clean up some of the cheese. I have a feeling he's not listening. So we have another. We have to have one more thing to make no, the listen, con better. Listen, Less weapons. I'm offering some alternate venues. Right okay. Now. So I, I, you know, they actually just finished building the Barclays Center in yeah. New York City. That's yeah. out in Brooklyn, so you'd be forced to go to Brooklyn every. No, night. that's where it should be. I saw this I amazing so video of Jay Z going in the subway to his concert at the at Barclays. The Barclay, right. It was incredible. Yeah. I, I think that's exactly where it should. So go. let's try the Barclays Center. Let's move. It out of, you know what? They probably have less square footage actually at the Barclays Center than, than they would oh, at Javits. But uh, but somebody needs to look into this. We need to find a new location for this. We need to have a brighter, sunnier con. You know we what? Need- we let's ask the people that are listening. There might be like one person listening that lives in New York. Okay. Maybe not. Uh, who uh, has some ideas? We'd okay. love list them. Let's let's uh, make this a, a public forum and. We know the the organizers of the New York Comic Con. I'm sure they've got some great ideas, too, and I'm sure they they, uh, are equally frustrated with the limitations of the venue. But that really was a, you know, a factor in our ability to work and our ability to enjoy the event. It just wasn't set up. Escalators to get to the floor, stupid idea. Well, they're all broken. Yeah, which makes it even harder. And just getting out to the Javits Center is such a haul. The last subway is yeah. at Eighth Avenue, so you actually have to haul everything, including you know, a camera. You, and listen to us whine, though. I know we had to go to Comic Con. We had a good time. Man. It was a good time. And I got to tell you, I became a fan of Person of Interest on the flight out. So it was surreal for us to meet all of the cast, except for Caviezel. I don't know why he wasn't there. He probably works too much. But and also meet Jonathan. Uh, um, Nolan, Nolan, Christopher Nolan's brother, who also, you know, Jonathan Nolan wrote Batman Begins and Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. The Memento is based on his short story. You know, and mom and dad, cool, mom and dad, Nolan, they've got to be proud. Those oh, Nolan boys are they, doing very well for themselves. They're running Hollywood, man. They are. They're running Hollywood. So listen, right now. but Person of Interest is a kick-ass show, and you interviewed Michael Emerson. I did, and he's weird. I had to take my but, underwear and throw it away afterward because I was, was so nervous. He was great. He, he just wonderful. has this really, you know, interesting cadence with the way he talks. Yeah, and, you got to see the interview. He's very smart, very, uh, um, I don't know, he's just observant and, and has interesting things to say. I really dug that we got a chance to meet those now, people. Now, when you see my interview with Michael Emerson airing on EP Daily, uh, you will notice that uh, what you don't see there is Victor Lucas off screen feeding me questions. Uh, well, I was around. I mean, let's let's peel back the curtain. I was around. Let's let people see what what goes on. Well, I, I have I no mean, original we, thoughts. We no, shut comes, up. We support each other. I mean, that's the deal. We we're we're we a do. family. We're a team. We care about the end product, and and you know. Man, that's why we're in season twenty-one of Electric Playground. That's the way it works. All right. Well, listen, we got to change the venue. We got to sell less tickets. We got to make it more manageable. We got to have no, more, more Ken Levine. Shouldn't be a limitation on tickets. I think that you know New York is screaming out to attend this thing, just like the Vancouver Fan Expo was a huge hit this year. I mean, it's people in these cities that haven't had these events for you know they they watch footage on our show <laughs> and other places of San Diego and and the Chicago cons. They want this stuff. Well, they've got their Sailor Moon outfits sitting at home in the closet. <laughs> they need to have some place to go to wear this damn thing. Who said, was it Lance Hendrickson that you talked to that said uh, it's Halloween all the time now? No, that was Barry Levinson. Barry Levinson. How, how a, a, a astute. Yeah, he's what a very astute man. I also interviewed him. Yeah. 
you weren't there for that. That was all me. But listen, I yeah. got something else. I think, you know, you see when you pick up the handbook at New York Comic Con, yeah. uh, they will not tolerate any weapons on the show floor. <laughs> but almost every other vendor selling stuff at New York Comic Con was selling full-on realistic katanas, these little knives yeah. that Al Altier carries around in Assassin's Creed. I couldn't believe the amount of weapons for sale and it just it scared the hell out of me well i mean that's part of every one of these cons and it is a little bit of a weird thing after the uh the dark knight rises uh, tragedy to to see all of that stuff accessible but listen i have to tell you man the people that go to these cons are the coolest nicest friendliest most supportive people you can imagine they wait in lines they compliment each other they photograph each other. They are impressed by, you know, their shared exuberance. And it's, for me, you know, who has been a fan forever of all of these different types of properties, to see this, and it really, you know, of course, first happened at San Diego Comic-Con, but to see all of these people have a shared love for this stuff is just fantastic, man. I mean, and one of the cool things that happened that we didn't cover because we never really have time to sit in panels is... Uh, Firefly had their 10th anniversary at New York Comic Con, and I would have loved to have been able to be in that crowd and to see Nathan Fillion surprise Jewel State and and uh, you know show up and you know I love that kind of stuff. I love that there is this just sheer joy for this work, you know, especially in this you know kind of negative era that we're in right now in media with companies closing down and things shrinking and so much emphasis on reality television and such dark storytelling and you know I, I think these cons bring out the best in our ability to imagine better worlds and and escape into these really incredible uh, universes that are valuable and important well I gotta tell you that uh, all of this stuff and you know me Vic it freaks me out a little bit yeah it's, it's a little bit much for me it's a little overwhelming well, for me I mean one thing that I, is I don't like it one thing that's definitely true is that it has accelerated and expanded to such a point that it's inescapable now I mean it used to be um, you know like we've been on television for a long time so we used to be one of the only TV shows that would go to a lot of these things and now it's proliferate. There's a lot of coverage. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of people. There's a lot more events. God, there's like a con every weekend in a city somewhere in North America. And that's new. That wasn't always the case, you know? So it's, it really is, uh, it's a new geeky world that we're in. And sometimes that can be exhausting even for a, you know, a, you know, a long time out of the closet geek like myself. You know. Well, I uh, I'm all for you know me. I'm all for flying your freak flag. I think some of the freak flags on the floor at New York Comic Con flown a little too high for me. Yeah. A little it, like it, it it just freaks me out a little bit. It can be a bit aggressive sometimes, and there is no escape. And especially when you're uh, toothpaste. I like that. We are toothpaste in the in the middle of a tube at, at a, something like that. And you know what? I mean, the fact that you know the Javits Center is kind of secluded and pushed away from the city and it they they almost cut it off from all the other traffic so it's like you 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 can't get away like when we go to fan expo in toronto we can leave the convention center and go into the city of toronto fairly easily well, it's right there yeah and, and same with san diego comic-con same with vancouver fan expo at javits center in new york you are stuck there and you are really sort of squished inside of this it's crowd. like a it's like a refugee camp it, on the right. hudson river yeah, absolutely with, yeah filled but with listen, chewbacca's and beans listen overall I, a good time quick right? question and though what content. was what was the weirdest cosplay you saw uh, all, all weekend 
I'm going to answer uh, mine first. We'll come right back okay, to you. I, sure. I saw more than one person dressed as the main protagonist from Catherine. Oh, I wow. saw the underwear and the horns on the head and That's the pillow. That's crazy. That's awesome. Remember that video game? Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's um, very strange. I don't know if there was a weird one. I, I think one of the most impressive ones, and I shot some with my little uh, the camera that I just bought, uh, was the the guy that dressed up as Bumblebee, and he had stilts and you know full working stuff, and he just it looked amazing, especially against the ceiling lights and everything. He he stood out in the crowd. I could barely see as I was being toothpaste through the environment. But I looked up and there's this giant robot and it looked like movie quality until you got close up. But it was very impressive. I saw someone dressed as Ken Levine. Did you? Turned out to be Ken was Levine. Was it Ken? Yeah. Yeah. Well, He's good at that. Listen, let's move on now. Let's talk about video games again. Yes. Retro City Rampage is a game that you and I are playing like crazy. Our, played it on the way out. Yeah, played the, it on the way home. This is from a man named at home. Brian Provinciano. We're actually trying to get him on Vic's Basement Answer Podcast. Answer my damn email, Brian. Come on, Brian. What are you doing back? Come on, buddy. You're I always at a computer. He's rolling around on his bed of money, just like in that, uh, that I don't, movie. Indecent I don't know proposal. if the money's starting to come in, but it damn well should. This guy has made a love letter to the 80s, 90s, and every video game. It's like every video game is in Retro City Rampage. So listen, one minor point of controversy. Vic is actually a playable character in the game. Holy can, shit, am I? You are. You know this about well, yourself. Well, this game gets a 10 out of 10 then. <laughs> and, in, and I'm also a playable character oh, in the game. Oh, 11 out of 10. Steve Tilly is, Marissa Roberto, um, Ben Silverman, Jose we're to, Sanchez. We're up to a 16 out of 10. Who am I forgetting? Are Mary and Ben in the game? Uh, everybody from EP and Reviews on the run is in the game wow. including tommy tellerico what you have to do is you have to go and find uh you have to go and find the um plastic surgeon store because there's all these different stores in there i think it's called the mj's plastic surgery i can't Ooh. find it i've been looking for it it's it's you easy find to it? find you got to drive around yeah uh when you go in there you enter the code elect play and boom you can be me and it's awesome being me i gotta tell you wow i can finally find out what it's like to be victor lucas uh now in just bit form devil's advocate though how on earth do we objectively review something oh, come like on. this all the destructoid dudes are in there billy campbell is in there we introduced brian and billy at uh, the, the canadian video game awards this year and they hit it off and billy loves video games so i actually ran into billy's character in the game when i was playing yesterday which was so cool for me um, but there's lots of people from the community involved in this, lots of other indie developers in this. I think what they wanted to do was, was create this uh, rich, customizable environment and world. And I think it's totally cool to you know, include some of the, the press and some of the um, you know, other fans of the, of the video gaming world uh, into your content, particularly if it's built as satire for our industry or, or a um, homage slash satire for our industry so i you know i think it's an honor to be included in there i think it also makes sense and i think brian you know we haven't played enough yet to kind of give our final score on the thing yet but i uh i have to say this game has been wonderful so far i just love the inventiveness and the sense of humor and the and the uh you know the confidence and the the reverence for not the irreverence and the reverence for all of these different facets of of popular culture entertainment for the, from the last 25 years 30 years so there you have it folks our review scores dick and i are actually handling the review ourselves yeah. will not be influenced by the fact no. that we are both playable characters in the game so we've don't been even doing ask. this for so long and we you know like it, 
We have many, many friends in the video game industry, and we serve no purpose to them or to the viewers or listeners of this podcast. I've, I've actually burned a lot of bridges, Vic. You have. You've pissed people off. And, that, you know, that's her job, man. We have to be honest. And it's not honest for an audience. It's not honest for a developer. It's not honest, you know, at the sake of, you know, trampling on feelings. It's how do we feel as individuals with our subjective playthroughs of these experiences and, and viewings of these films? How do we feel personally about these titles and projects? And that's what we deliver. And yes, we have bias. We have taste. We have choices and decisions that are based on uh, our predilections. And, and that's what we bring in our review score. So, it, you know, uh, you have to when you watch our stuff or listen to our content or listen to our reviews or watch our reviews, know that we are just people and we're not representing brands. We're not representing a message. We are just delivering our thoughts, our opinions on this stuff. And the, the reason why there's value there is you get to know us based on all of the, uh, the reviews that we do over time. And you base your own decisions based on your own playthroughs and and uh, gauge them against what we've got to say. Sorry, I, I totally missed all that. I was in the bathroom. No, I didn't have anything to say there anyways. All right, listen to me now. Let's yep. talk about 007 Legend. Skyfall is coming out soon. Uh, We're actually slated to see the screening soon. Yeah, this game sucks. Okay, that, that's the end. Thanks yeah. for listening, everybody. Yeah. You can boil it all down to that. 007 Legends. You know, a lot of Bond fans out there probably ran to the game store thinking... This is the new Golden Eye. Well, I did. I ran to the game store, bought two copies because yeah. Activision uh, kind of forgot to send us games. So uh, hmm. I'm I'm in 120 bucks on this game, and uh, I uh, I feel burned, and I'm sure lots of other people are. Out Why there, did you right? buy two copies? Just well, one for you and one for me, so See? we could play it and review it. I have the best job in the world. I, and uh, you know, it's depressing. Post Batman, Arkham Arkham Asylum, the first Batman from uh, from. Um, What's the studio? Shit, I'm just escaping my mind. Uh, Rocksteady. From Rocksteady. The first Batman from Rocksteady laid down the law, you know? When you get a licensed property that everybody gets, don't fuck it up. Don't fuck it up. And James Bond is a video game. Every goddamn movie that we see lays down all of these different ideas that video game developers reinterpret into their medium. Sort of. I mean, it's really about making out with hot ladies, though. Well, that's it? a big chunk of it, too. And, you know, frankly, but they don't articulate be, that in the yes, games. That should be in the games. And what this 007... I dropped something. Hold on. So my, my audio is going to change. What this 007 Legends thing does is, is uh, boils down the experience to just the parts where he's with an army and he's, you know, crashing a base and he's... In some sequences, he's on a turret, and fuck do I hate turrets, man. I am so goddamn sick of it. And every goddamn shooter that comes out always has to stop at a Whoa. turret, and we're there for way too long. And we have played that to death, that sequence, in every other game. If you've ever played a video game, you've played a turret sequence enough. Okay. All right. Enough. Vic is, is personally wounded by yeah. 007 Legends. This is another blow. I like the idea of, of the different movies. I think that's cool. I think, you know, interweaving the story and trying to connect them all under one person's experience under, under Daniel Craig, uh, you know, under his idea that he's bouncing between Moonraker and, and uh, License to Kill and, and Honor Majesty's Secret Service and Goldfinger. I, I, th I think that's all cool. But it's just boring gameplay. I did not personally expect too much from this game. Yeah. Uh, You're not a huge Bond fan, are you? I, I am not. I'm really why? Not, why? not that interested in the like character. Him? I don't know. I just have never really... I mean, it seems like 
where the Bond movies have been up until Casino Royale. They, they Which just, is the best one. The best one ever. Yeah. And it's not just the, the best Bond well, movie. We it's just a great, it's just a great movie. Yeah, and and that, movie. you know, it does, it's not a great spy movie. It's not, not the greatest you know action movie. It it's a great movie yeah, and, across and you know the board. you know why it is? It's Eva Green. As much as it's Daniel Craig as the, uh, the She's part of it, for sure. She's all right. Perfect as Just, the femme fatale for Bond. I was it, answering a question before you got on okay, one of your Eva I, Green fan club I had, I just fan fiction had memories of Eva rants. Green, and I just had to start talking about her. Uh, I feel, I, I feel hi, like, Eva. I, all right. You think she's listening? Do you think she'll be on the podcast next week? Eva, would you come on the podcast next week? I will not, Victor. <laughs> Uh, you know, all of it just seemed like it needed a, a big uh, kick in the ass, which it eventually got uh, yeah. with Casino Royale. But it right. just, it just seemed like it, it was, it was, it was verging on satire. Totally. You know, just these aging dudes in suits, still drinking martinis, Their still, still fighting people. against the, you know, communists or, or yeah, I don't know. Like the, the villains kind of went away, and and we didn't really even need Bond. Even for as a, a while. kid, you didn't like James. I mean, that's why I love James Bond. I was a nah. kid. I saw Spy Who Loved Me was the first one that I saw in theaters, and that just blew my mind in a similar way that Superman and Star Wars and Raiders did for me. I just loved the idea of James Bond, and I was eternally optimistic and eternally disappointed uh, by subsequent iterations. I thought that the uh, Living Daylights, the first Timothy Dalton, was really cool. Well, they used to do these marathons on TV where yes. they would show all the Bond movies back to back to back, and I would think, you know, what I'm going to do is just just get stripped down my underwear, get a lot of snacks, Step and watch one. them all. Strip down to your underwear. So, yeah, that's that's right. And then every I, one of your plans starts that way. And I would <laughs> and I would try every year to do this and I'd think this year is the bond year and then I'd start watching these things and, and, and for the most part they're boring and they're not good movies and most of the movies are kind of phoned in and yeah. most of the bond performances are kind of lame. I don't really I you know Roger Moore is not that interesting. You know, Timothy Dalton, not really that interesting. Oh, you know? they, they're all interesting, but they got less than, ah. you know, adequate work. I mean, Gold, uh, GoldenEye was a fantastic film. It was another great Bond film directed by Martin Campbell, the same guy that did uh, Casino Royale. And it was a great introduction to Pierce Brosnan. And then every other movie after that was lame ass. It was just they went right back to routine and silly villains. They had Denise uh, Richards as a nuclear physicist. Mm. Uh, nuclear physicist? How do you yeah, say that's it. You got it. Nuclear You're saying physicist. it correctly. I always say nuclear. I hate that. Yeah, nuclear I, physicist or something like that. And just totally preposterous. So I don't know. Casino saved the franchise, I think. Reinvented the franchise. It had a guy with blood coming out of his eye. Uh, Bond got hit in the nuts with the, a big swinging whole, bag thing. The whole parkour opening. Uh, edge of edge of your seat type stuff, yeah, and so, then Eva Green. All right, let's take a moment now. And here's a moment of silence for Eva, Eva Green. Green. What are you going to do with your moment of silence? I don't. I, I don't think I want to know. Okay. All right, that's it. So listen, 007 Legends. Do not buy Skip. that. Retro City Rampage, definitely buy, buy that. that. New York City Comic Con, people who run the show, we've given Ch you lots of ideas for the location. ways that you can fix. What you're cre you've created something very cool, but now just tweak it a little bit and make Vic happy and make me happy too. That's what we do. We solve problems here at Vic's yep. Basement. That's Thanks right. for listening, everybody. Stitcher. You're on Stitcher. <laughs> We're on iTunes. You can listen at vicsbasement.com. Thank you for rating. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for being you.